0: I was really nervous. Um, My my heart, it was racing. My eyes were darting around everywhere. Even though I was standing next to my brothers and friends, I felt like I was miles away. Have you ever had that feeling? You're present but your mind is racing and the, the whole situation feels a little bit surreal. The, the music eventually started, there was motion at the door, something new was about to start. And then she walked through the door, and I saw the most amazing woman I've ever seen. And in that moment, I thought to myself, this changes everything. Well, that was over 18 years ago. I know, I know, you're thinking, oh my goodness, They must have been babies. How could they already be married for 18 years? They look so young. (laughs) There's no way they could have been married for 18 years. Well, Well, I was right. that did change everything. And just over four years later, I heard a tiny little cry come out of a tiny little body. And again, I thought to myself, this changes everything and we welcome Joshua into our lives now he's nearly 14 and I was right that changed everything in fact why don't you say it with me this changes everything one two three this changes everything I'm sure you've had many experiences in your life where you thought to yourself this changes everything. Maybe it was a wedding or a birth. Maybe it was a difficult funeral or news from the doctor you didn't expect. Maybe it was a world event. I mean, this recent pandemic could be one. Or even a personal milestone. We've all had moments in our lives where we've thought to ourselves, this changes everything. Today we're looking at the first part um, of the book of Acts. And there are some, some things that are obvious. This is the beginning of the church. Something is getting started and the world is definitely going to say this changes everything. And this week as I was studying the scriptures for this message today, I saw something clearer than I've ever seen it before. I started off thinking this would be a message about the early church and the role of biblical community in the early church, you know, how hospitality was such a key element of that, etc. And as I was reading, I saw something, I thought to myself, this changes everything. So we call it the Book of Acts. And I did a whole series preaching through the Book of Acts not long after I got here. And does anyone know what it's called in the King James translation? It's called the Acts of the Apostles. Now, can I just tell you this? That's not a good name. It really isn't. It's not a good name, and I think you're going to agree with me. Does anyone know who the author of this book is? It it was Luke, that's right, and he was a doctor. He He was writing down what he saw... He was recording what he'd experienced firsthand. And in fact, he even says in Luke 1, verses 3 to 4, he says, It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some p- time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So this was a, a written down for Theophilus. And I guess in that sense, we're all (laughs) theologians. But Luke says, I'm going to give you just the facts, an orderly account, no opinion here, no exaggerations. And so we're looking at Acts chapters 1 through 12. And if you've got your Bible there or your Bible app, go and open it and, and open it up with me to Acts chapter 1. Now if you'll open your bible you're going to see something amazing and we're going to just look at god's word we're going to look at several passages and i mean several passages and i think you're going to say this changes everything in chapter one verses four and five chapter one of acts verses four and five jesus gives them instructions on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus says, wait, the church isn't starting yet. Go wait in Jerusalem, something or rather someone is coming. In Acts 1 verse 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus tells them, just in case they were thinking about rushing ahead or ignoring his instructions, that power is coming. Turn to chapter 2. Chapter 2 verses 4 says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is the power he was talking about. In fact, later in the chapter Peter references an Old Testament verse in Joel where it says... um, In the last days, Acts 2 verse 17, in the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So can we just admit something as a church? We spend a lot, a lot of time talking about God the Father. He's a good, good Father. Father. We even sang that today and on Father's Day I'm sure every single church just about in Australia and America and anywhere else is singing good, good Father, right? You know, everyone's doing it, that's what we do on Father's Day um, to celebrate the role of fathers and no more greater celebration than our Heavenly Father, right? And we spend a lot of time celebrating our Heavenly Father and, and this is good to talk about God the Father, We also love to talk about Jesus and the stories of the gospel. Jesus is amazing. Of course you want to spend a lot of time talking about Jesus. But there is a third person in the Trinity though, the Holy Spirit. And we don't spend as much time talking about him. It doesn't help that those old translations of the Bible called him the Holy Ghost, right? How does that work explaining him to a child? Hey kid, let me tell you about the Holy Ghost. Kid starts crying. Oh, you know, well, let's just talk about Jesus a bit more, right? But turn to Acts 2.32. Look at how this verse talks about all three. God has raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Keep walking through this with me. Look at Acts 2 verse 38. It talks about how we become Christians. Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, For the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit jump ahead to acts chapter 4 look at what happens here in acts chapter 4 verses 8 when peter gets up to speak then peter filled with the holy spirit said to them rulers and elders of the people then again in verse 31 after they prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and spoke the word of god boldly later in the book of acts saul who was later named paul and wrote a good portion of the new testament had an encounter with jesus he was struck blind and a man named ananias was told to go and pray for him We're in Acts chapter 9 and verse 17. Acts 9 verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. And he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Saul had already had an encounter with Jesus. He already believed in Jesus. I mean, it's pretty hard to believe in someone if you've met them. Not, not to believe in someone if you met them. He'd met Jesus, so he believed in Jesus. But this prayer from Ananias still needed to happen. Turn to Acts chapter 10. Peter is talking to Cornelius and his household when this happens in verse 44, Acts 10, 44, While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And finally, look at Acts chapter 11 in verse 24. We get a description of Barnabas, one of the early followers of Jesus, and it's such a great description. It says, He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the lord you may be thinking at this point so what why does this matter why did you get us to say out loud this changes everything well here's a surprise that made me look at this in a whole new way so i started to look at this and thinking is this just a book of acts thing is the early church just obsessed with the Holy Spirit? Was Luke, our author, just giving uh, us his ideas? Well, let's go back to the Old Testament. We're going to look at Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. Jeremiah thirty-one, thirty-three. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Sounds a lot like what's happened here in Acts, doesn't it? What about Ezekiel? Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Look at Isaiah this is the promise of the old testament isaiah 44 verse 3 for i'll pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground i will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants those descendants are you and me back into ezekiel chapter 39 verse 29 i will no longer hide my face from them for i'll pour out my spirit on the people of israel declares the sovereign lord But it wasn't just luke or a few old testament prophets i mean look at what jesus said himself the disciples wanted jesus to stay with them but jesus had a different plan here are his words in john 16 verse 7 but very truly i tell you it is for your good that i am going away unless i go away the advocate will not come to you but if i go i will send him to you jesus is telling them that he's going to leave but that that's a good thing and here's why john 14 verse 26 but the advocate the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything i have said to you so here's what happens jesus comes into the world he is god in the flesh he lives his life he gives his life on the cross to pay for your sins then he defeats sin and death and rises from the dead. All of this happens. And the disciples witness all of this. They are 100% believers in this truth. So things are ready to roll, right? And, and that's all you need, right? right? Just, just believe. That's, all, that's what we're told as kids, isn't it? Just, just pray this prayer, right? You know, but, but, but that's not what Jesus Said. Look at what he said, Luke twenty four, forty nine. I'm gonna send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So why does this matter? Why would I say this changes everything? Well what if you if, if everything you ever thought about living the Christian life maybe was a bit flawed? What if you were trying to live the Christian life but not doing it the way Jesus himself told you to do it? Let me see if I can illustrate this. The Bible des- describes God as three in one three persons of the Trinity God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Father loves us, He loves us so much that He sent the Son. Jesus lived, died and rose again. And we, we can't earn our way into heaven because sin separates us from God. So what we do is we put our faith on Jesus, right? And that's all clear. That's what we do. How many of you heard a preacher or a Christian say to you, just believe this and you'll go to heaven. Just believe and you'll be saved. They share what I just shared and then they say, all you have to do is Believe. Have you heard that before? Well, let me share this. There is a character in the Bible who believes the Father loves us. He believes the Father loves us so much that he sent Jesus he believes jesus died for our sins he believes jesus rose from the dead he knows sin separates us from god he knows we have to put our faith on jesus to be restored into right relationship with god the father do you know who that character is who is it it's satan correct exactly that character's name is satan that's right, Satan believes all these things. In fact, he knows they're true. So how can just believing in all these things restore you into right relationship with God? The idea that all you have to do is just believe is a myth. Belief in the Bible is not simply a mental assent. You don't believe just with your mind. Romans ten nine to 10 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. It's not about asking Jesus into my heart. And so I want you to see something clearly today. To do that, I want to invite two people up here to help me. And we're going to illustrate this because this does change everything. You see, faith was never intended to be just in your head. It was never intended to be just believe. And so in our illustration, um, Josh and Kay, do you mind helping me out today? Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to the stage. Thank you. Very willing willing helpers today thank you thank you okay so josh you get to be jesus all right just today don't let it go to your head all right just today you get to be jesus okay now now uh it's just an illustration so just jesus for this moment okay um kelly you're the son uh sorry let me get this right i need to do this here okay so um joshua son of god jesus right he is god in the flesh he was born as a baby lived his life in sinless perfection and then died on the cross for our sins he rose from the dead to defeat sin and death but simply believing this event happened doesn't restore us to right relationship with god it's more than just believe we actually have to put our faith on jesus right i can't get right with god i can never earn it i can never do enough Without Jesus' work on the cross, I'm not going to heaven. So I put my faith on Joshua. Right? Now, how many of you have heard the expression, ask Jesus into your heart? Do you know this phrase is not found in the Bible? The Bible says that Jesus rose from the dead, appeared for about 40 days, then left to go to heaven. Jesus himself says that he's not going to stay. He's going to leave, and that's a good thing. Now, I just want to have a little little space here, all right? Just, just look at this space for a moment. If this little space here represents my heart, I never invite Jesus into my heart. I put my faith on Jesus. And here's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Kelly, you get to be the Holy Spirit just for today. Don't get carried away. When I put my faith on Jesus, the person I receive is not Jesus. I receive the Holy Spirit. Step forward into my heart. There we go. So you get that this little area represents my heart. Jesus, you still matter because you showed me how to live a perfect life. You taught me and modelled for me. You're my older brother. You're my friend. But Holy Spirit, I need you in here. Now, I have an empty chair here, all right, because this empty chair represents the controlled chair of my heart. Now, one of us is going to be sitting in that chair, right? One of us is going to be sitting in that chair. Jesus is not sitting in that chair. The Bible says he's sitting at the right hand of God the Father. So if I'm sitting here making my own decisions and occasionally noticing the Holy Spirit... How are things going to go for me? No. I'm going to struggle in my own strength and failures. Now, Holy Spirit, can I sit in the chair? So if I put the Holy Spirit in the control chair and let the Holy Spirit direct me, do you see why this changes everything? Now, up you get. Every time I let the Holy Spirit sit in the chair, I can experience the fruit of the Spirit But every time I sit in it, I'm taking control back, right? I start to struggle. And every time I let the Holy Spirit sit, right, I get the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life. Can you thank me? Join me in thanking Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. So how did Jesus live so perfectly? Well, he was in constant communion with the Holy Spirit. The same person, the Holy Spirit, can reign inside you and me. That's what changes everything. Can you say it with me again? This changes everything. The book of Acts was not about the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Church. It would be better titled the Acts of the Holy Spirit. You know, too many of us are trying to live the Christian life without the power, without knowing the power, the Holy Spirit, necessary to live it. Now, You may be thinking, look, this, that's great information, Aaron. Thank you very much. I really, yep, okay, I've got a good few things to think about this week. Yep, I've got to do some more search in the scriptures just to make sure that what you've said is correct. I know you're thinking that, Daniel. Um, <laughs> but what do I do differently? all right it's good information but what is what difference does it make now can i give you a very practical how to can i give you a way to do this every day it's three things first of all ask questions in prayer most people just give lists to god I pray for this, I pray for that, I pray for this, help this person, help that person, help me with this, help them with that, pray for my kids. We we give lists, right? Amen. We're good at talking to God and telling him what's on our mind, but we're not good at listening. As someone said to me once, don't you think if he made you and he loves you that he might have a few things he'd like to share with you? So ask questions in prayer. Holy Spirit, what should I say here? Holy Spirit, is there someone you want me to talk to? Is there someone I need to apologize to? Is there anything I need to stop doing? Learn to ask questions in prayer. This is something that you practice and learn to do over time. Second, wait in silence you're waiting on an answer if we just start talking again then we're back to telling him what's on our minds we ask the question and then we wait in silence for the answer and that silence might also be contained in reading the bible having god's character and his will revealed to you through the scriptures in silence as you wait Learn to let the silence linger for a bit. Learn to listen. See, we do not like silence in our world. Who here just loves nothing? There's not many hands, all right? See, because we really struggle with silence. We have to feel things. We've been actually, from day one of our life, we have been... um, conditioned to be entertained we've been conditioned to continue to do something if you're not doing something you're not worth something that's the system of the world and we sort of import that into our prayer life and so we have to feel like we're doing something to make it feel like it's time well spent So sitting in silence doing nothing other than waiting on the Lord in that moment doesn't feel right because we're not conditioned for it. But we need to practice it. We need to learn that skill. Waiting in silence. And third, learn to interpret the nudge. That's what I like to call it sometimes. Other people have different you know the leading or i don't know how you might think of it in your mind and but and it's hard to learn to do see there's so much noise in our lives that we can't hear well either a thought or idea crosses our minds but it zooms by or we hear something in our minds and and it's not god's voice but i want you to know that if the thought is from the holy spirit it will always agree with the Bible. The Holy Spirit will never say, way to go stupid, you blew it again. Right? That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never say, you haven't done enough or you should try harder. The Holy Spirit will never say, just believe in yourself. Disney might say that. But the Holy Spirit doesn't say that. So here's your challenge for this week, and it's your challenge to action. Every day this week, take 10 minutes to do these three things. Maybe you do this on the drive, in the car, with the radio off. Maybe 10 minutes first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening. Ask questions in prayer wait in silence and learn to inter- interpret the nudge so as i wrap this up there are four groups of people here today and i'm not going to ask you to move into four groups but group one hears this and you're saying i know this and i live this every day listening to the whisper of the holy spirit and that's what makes my life so abundant and so joyful For you, you had a moment at some point in your life where you began to commune with the Holy Spirit. And if you're in group one today, then this is just a reminder for you and an encouragement to you. Group two hears this and you're saying, that's right, this does change everything. You've forgotten the joy of listening to the leading of the Holy Spirit and you want to get back to that. Are you in group two you once lived this way but it's been too long time to start again group three hears this and you're thinking i don't think i've ever learned to listen to the leading of the holy spirit you want to take a step today to learn to listen are you in group three you may need to take a step to talk to someone today Group four hears this, and you're thinking, I know the Holy Spirit does not live in me. I may have believed about this stuff, uh, believed this stuff about Jesus in my head, but never in my heart. Friends, you don't have to leave here today without taking action. Are you in group four? You know, you can put your faith on Jesus and receive the gift, the true gift of his Holy Spirit, He promises it to us because God the Father does not want us to just believe in Jesus, the Son of God, and go and try and live our lives on our own. He wants us to receive the Holy Spirit and learn how to let the Holy Spirit sit in the control chair. And living life moment by moment with the Holy Spirit inside of us, sitting in that control chair, that changes everything. And I, can I remind you all about one thing? It's not just about you and me. It's we belong to each other. We're family. And, and we're, we're trying to be Jesus wherever God has planted us. For over 20 years I've seen what happens when a group of people come together to form community around the Holy Spirit working in all of their lives. I've seen what happens when community is built where our common bond is not just stage of life or common interests or that we like each other and get along but rather on the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in you and he lives in me. When it happens in an individual it's wonderful, it really is. But when that, it happens in community with others, well, that really does change everything. And that's why I love small groups. They give us the opportunity where we have you know, set aside time and space to meet together around the Word of God, to read the Scriptures together, to ask questions, to ponder things, to apply things to our circumstances, to pray together, to fellowship together. Small groups are one of the most rewarding things I have experienced in my Christian life when we approach them with openness, honesty and with a purpose in mind. That purpose is, yes, to experience gospel-centered growth. But it is also to love and serve our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ as family, to explore the deeper things of life together, to be challenged, to be encouraged, to cry together, to laugh together, to eat a meal together, to talk things through that overwhelm us, to share life together. So if you're not part of a small group, then I would ask why not? Join a group, start a group, host a group, lead a group. Uh, make it a priority to serve each other by being part of a small group and encourage each other to grow together in our knowledge of the gospel and how to live the gospel together. You know, the group that I'm a part of meets here at the church each fortnight. We're meeting here on this Wednesday at 7pm. And there are other groups too that meet throughout the week. Some are fortnightly, some are weekly. But I'd encourage you to get into a small group. And if there's not one for you, start one but I don't want you to leave here today without taking action. It doesn't do you any good to just hear something like this and not do anything about it. And we're going to sing a closing song in in a moment about the Holy Spirit. And during that song, there's an opportunity for prayer. You know, I'm just going to be down here at the front and I would love to pray for you. If you're in group one, you've got a great reminder today, great encouragement. If you're in group two, Maybe you simply ask the Holy Spirit to get back in that control chair. You know what it was like to have him there before. Ask him back. If you're in group three, you may want to come forward for prayer. You're just saying you want someone to pray for you to help you to learn how to walk with the Holy Spirit and how to talk with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe there's a trial or challenge in your life that's so consuming that you don't feel like you can hear the Holy Spirit over the noise. Well, come forward and let me pray for you. And if you're in group four, today could be the the day that changes your eternity. You want to move your knowledge from head to heart. You want to not just believe. You want to put your faith on Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit. Well, you can come forward to have prayer for you and receive the promised Holy Spirit to live inside you and sit in that control chair of your life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that indeed the Holy Spirit changes everything. He is the power that works within us, Lord, above all, that gives us not only that seal and that mark of our salvation, Lord, but gives us the power to endure this life. And Lord, we we want to say now, Holy Spirit, sit in that control chair of our lives. Every time we have this tendency to try and take control back, Lord, would you be that quiet voice? And would we take the time to ask questions in prayer, to wait in silence to hear from you, and learn to interpret the nudge, learn to hear from you. And when we hear from you, learn to act, learn to do what you're, you're, you're nudging us to do. So Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with us as we do sing?